This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. Hey, John, give us that intro lick. Explanations. I'm David Gerondale. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, watched some YouTube about it, and I'm about to explain it to my friend, Dexter Sorensen. Hey, Dex, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks, Dex. It's a Dex. good day. It is a good day. Yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, what are we learning about? We are learning about interesting animal genitalia. Uh, <laughs> you've been it, wanting to do this for a minute. Yeah, I have. I have. So... I, I'm the one who gets to decide what's an interesting animal genitalia, just so that you know. Like, right. I'm sure there are plenty of interesting animal genitalia out there that I'm not going to get to. I, in fact, you know what? To be positive towards all animals, they're all interesting. Yeah. Every animal has a unique and special genitalia that is worth exploring, but we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. No, we won't. So, as kind of a qualifier for this episode, I do want to say... um that I don't want to apply human morals to a lot of animal behavior. And okay. even though we're talking mainly about genitalia today, we are going to get into behavior a little bit. Like sex. Of course. Yeah, exactly. rape. Yes. And so in that word specifically. So I'm going to use yeah. a word uh, that is used in the uh, biologist community called forced copulation. And it's not that I'm trying to downplay what's going on. It's just that I'm trying to not apply a a crime what is a crime yeah. to the animal kingdom you're not trying you're trying to under you're not trying to anthropomorphize them so much exactly exactly i'm not here to tell you whether what a one animal does is right and another animal does is wrong i'm just want to tell you what animals do with their genitalia okay yeah all right so with that being said um i have quite a few here i'm gonna move through them in a specific sequence we're gonna start with invertebrates all right and then we're gonna move on to fish fish and then reptiles and then from reptiles we're going to go to birds and then finally mammals okay yeah cool all right cool end with mammals yeah exactly all right and with uh you know hot-blooded <laughs> fever tonight um, i don't know this one <laughs> I mean, technically, I know it. All right. So I'm going to start off with flatworms, basically about as simple of an organism as you can get almost, mm. and still call it an animal. How do they fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just so, Oh, no, let's talk about their genitalia. So, well, how they fuck is really important to their genitalia. Okay. They, they're involved. They, so they're hermaphrodites. Mm. Um, and so they have both female and male sex uh, germ cells. And the, but because it is so much less reproductive energy, like calories, raw calories to reproduce as a male than it is a female. Okay. Um, they actually fence with their penises. Oh. They use their penises, which are these long spurs, these pointed spurs that they can actually pierce and jab each other with. Oh, which that's brings cool. us so it's to, like a, it's like a sex comp fencing competition. It is. And that brings us to one of my first, um, terms that i want to define uh which is traumatic insemination and that's what flatworms mm, do yeah so they don't actually find 
a genital tract or a vagina. They actually literally just stab each other with their male organ. Um, and whichever and one whoever does Whoever stabs first is basically the winner. And how that works is the, the one who was stabbed first will still stab the one who stabbed them <laughs> if they can. Okay. But, but sometimes the sex is impossible. only going to last as long as both partners are engaged. And so the first stabber gets more sperm into the stabby oh. than the second stabber. Well, and so basically and like the idea is they impregnate more cells and... And if you get stabbed while you're like rotate rotated off to a ninety degree angle, you ain't gonna get that dick nope. in there. Nope, you're not. Yeah, exactly. You're screwed. <laughs> um, all right, so platforms are pretty weird. So in isolation, I told you they're hermaphrodites. Mm. In isolation, they will do if they're isolated for long enough, they'll do something that's called selfing. Okay. Where they mate with themselves. But the only place that they can reach with their penis is their own head. So they'll literally just like bend around and stab themselves in the head with their penis and ejaculate into their own head. And that works. Yep, it works. The sperm are able to migrate through mm. them to their ovaries. Take note, young grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done with flatworms. I'm going to move on to barnacles. Alrighty. So a lot of people probably don't know the barnacles are weird little shrimps almost that live inside these crusty shells that they make, that they attach to stuff. So yeah. like most people have seen Ships the outside of a barnacle. Or... Exactly, whales. And people have seen barnacles, but there's a little shrimp living inside that shell. Okay. And they have these little frilly arms that they use to uh, um, filter feed. Well, the males have some of the longest penises. Compared to body compared size. Compared to body size in the world. Um, and... They, what's really weird about them is they're actually segmented, just like their bodies. They're segmented and they accordion outward. Oh. So they basically, they just like, <laughs> they don't get erect or flaccid. They just like either, they extend the muscles of the plates oh, huh. or they retract them. And the purpose of it isn't to actually penetrate any female genital tract it's just to get really close to the females and then release oh, the sperm yeah. next to them so then when they're releasing their eggs mm. they get the first like go at it it's kind of that's kind of common in aquatic biomes right i think so like trying to yeah most yeah. of them release their eggs into the water um so for instance we'll get to fish in a little bit and there's not much because most fish don't have penises or yeah they just have in undifferentiated cloacas both sexes mm. um Oh, and another interesting thing is that biologists have noticed that um, their penises are, like, thicker and more durable if they have attached in breakwaters. So barnacles oh. that exist in, like, tide, intertidal zones, their their penises are thicker, <laughs> thicker and more durable than, like, those on whales and stuff like that. Interesting. Yep. Um, all right. So moving on from them to general insects this is like okay. a like, thing that exists over several different species from different families um so a lot of male insects will leave what is called a genital plug um, okay go on so after they ejaculate um as they're receding from the genital tract of the vagina they will actually secrete this substance that hardens and glues the vagina oh, shut. So the the semen just can't spill out because they've actually created a they've that, created yeah, a Yeah, exactly. Hole. That and 
um, no other males can mate with her for a while until oh. that plug dissolves. Interesting. And so... It's a double whammy. Yep, exactly. And it's, yeah, it basically it takes her choice of being able to find and mate with superior males away from her. So it's basically a mm. type of sexual warfare in a way. It's not just male-to-male competition. He's attempting to limit her choices oh, wow. in the matter. Um, she could find some superior males and like mate with them and then more of her, you know, her offspring, offspring of would superior be some, males yeah. to him. She found him first and now it's over. So a lot of insects have developed a workaround where the males actually have these really sharp penises that are like spurs and they can't just, just like punch. chisel it out. They just, yeah, they just like go at it and punch right through that plug. <laughs> oh man, that doesn't um, sound fun. It, it doesn't, it doesn't really. Like no aspect of that sounds fun or appealing. Or appealing. Like who wants, who wants to be with somebody <laughs> whose penis is a literal spike? And then the spike, and then the penis is a spike to spike the other penis through in order to get the, the <laughs> second penis in. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to have their stuff glued shut and then pierced open with a spiky penis? <laughs> no one. I'm guessing. No. Not even the bugs. No, they don't want that. That's just their life. Yeah, exactly. Lot, they were dealt. <laughs> and speaking of insects that were just stuck with a lot they were dealt, uh, that kind of brings me around to bed bugs. Mm, I think you've told me about this, but I can't remember. Yeah, like, so bed bugs were possibly the most disgusting thing that I researched because I knew a little bit about them, but uh, I didn't know enough to bring to this episode. And so I did some research, and honestly, it did make my stomach turn at times. Okay. I'm so going to spare. Prepare, prepare yourself. Yeah, exactly. Prepare yourself for this section. I brought up traumatic insemination earlier with the flatworms, and there, it wasn't that traumatic to hear about. Because of the jousting aspect. Because of the jousting it's aspect. Humorous. And they were like on equal terms, kind of. They're both trying to pierce each other, so you feel like yeah. there's some equity. Comp- this is different. Okay, let's, let's hear it. So, male bed bugs. Um, don't ever even attempt to use a female's genital tract. In fact, at this point, it's become so small that it can only pass eggs and actually can't pass a male's penis. Okay. And so in most bed bug species, um, the unfortunate female is just essentially tackled by a male, and then he positions her using his legs so that he can pierce her the undershell of her abdomen with his penis and ejaculate directly into her open circulatory system. So, which means that um, insects don't have circulatory systems like us, closed circulatory systems. And we have two, the lymphatic system and the, the, you know, the blood system or Mm. the cardiovascular system rather. Um, And theirs is all mixed together. Their organs are like living in a soup. And so when the male does this, not only does it leak her hemolymph, which is blood and lymph fluid mixed together. Um, Not only does it leak that, it makes her prone to infections. And then he just ejaculates right into the hemolymph, meaning that she has an immune reaction in most cases. Ooh. And she immediately starts usually producing enzymes to start digesting the semen and the the sperm. So she might actually get a small caloric benefit from it. But that doesn't outweigh the the risk of infection and just the the damage it does to her exoskeleton. You can often see cracks in the exoskeleton from the force of it. Oh, wow. And then the sperm basically migrate from there to her ovaries. Um, but a lot of them get di- the majority get digested along yeah. the way, honestly. So it's not a particularly effective strategy, and that's why several species have come up with these bizarre organs called spermilages. 
Is that including bed bugs? The yes, these are only species of bed bugs. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Yes, um, several species of bed bugs have formed these organs, and it's the females that have them. And there are these. Wait, so, what are they called again? Spermilages. Spermilages. Okay. Yes, yeah, spermilage. It's like lodge for sperm almost. That's All what right. I think about it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting structure. It it it's two structures really. There's these grooves on the underside of the female's abdomen, um, and they're kind of bulbous around the sides with these nice little canyon grooves. Yeah. And those grooves. On the inside, where those grooves lead to, is the those are the ectospermilages, and then on the interior is the mesospermilage, what which are is the a, functions of them. Um, so the ectospermilage functions as a channel for the male's penis. So what happens is the male actually aims for it. Okay. And he aims for one of the two spermilage channels, and his penis glides along the channel until it punctures at the base of it. Okay. And that puncture site ends up inside an internal structure called the mesospermilage. Mm. And that is a channel that is basically between the female's outer shell and her internal organs. So it actually doesn't penetrate into her hemolymph, into her open circulatory system. And instead, it enters this channel that runs along the inside so of the So is that like shell. only if they're lucky or like the bed bugs that don't have these organs are the ones that do the that do like the fucking right through the carapace because this sounds less risky than what you were describing before yep and that's exactly right basically these species the females um have a much higher survival rate and a much lower infection rate um than females of species that haven't evolved the spermilage okay and so of the species that have formed the spermilage um the what happens then is the sperm enter that mesospermilage underneath the puncture site. So their exoskeleton does still get punctured, but, but the sperm are entering their open circulatory system. Yeah. Their circulatory system doesn't still become protected. infused with the hemolymph. Exactly. And so it doesn't provoke an immune response. Okay. And, and mistakes still do happen, but most of the females are inseminated in this fashion. And so then... What happens is it's a channel directly to the ovaries, and the sperm make it to the ovaries. Yeah. And that's why they think the males aim for the spermilages, because they have a it's much more higher... success rate. Exactly, yep. And so what's super interesting, in one species, the males have spermilages too. Oh, oh. I, wait, are they hermaphroditic, or do they just have them just to, like... Just to like fuck with the other males so that they like waste all their semen and then they can use their semen. Yeah, I'm that so glad do? you asked. Okay, I'm so Is glad you asked. Yes. Cause there's some That's there's up. some <laughs> evidence. So there's a lot of homosexuality in the species that where the males have spermilages. Yeah. The males will treat other males just like females and approach them, maneuver them into position, and aim for the spermilage. So What's interesting is that the males only have the ectospermilages, the, the channels on the outside of their carapace. So it does get it into the hemolymph. It enters the hemolymph directly. Yes. Oh, shit. So they get their carapace pierced, and they have an immune reaction, and they actually digest most of the sperm and most of the semen. But the, seam, the sperm that survive migrate directly for the testes. 
What? Yes. And oh it is not God. proven yet, but there is some evidence to suggest that when that male, if it finds a female and ejaculates in her in a, could in a fairly- Could be sending some- Could be sending another- semen. Yep, exactly. A ah. foreign male sperm and fertilize her eggs with another male sperm that Honestly, entered his testes as invaders. That's kind of cool. Right? That's pretty That's so cool. bizarre. <laughs> that's weird. Um, And even cooler- in that species, there are females that have developed adaptive mimicry, and some females are born with the male pattern of spermilages, and males don't get as mated as often as females. So there's not quite as much homosexual activity as there is heterosexual activity. And so those females are at less risk because they get mated less often. Oh, wow. That's the theory, anyhow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I'm kind of grossed out and, like, I'm kind of, I'm unsure whether I like bed bugs more or less. Or now. less, yeah. They're <laughs> no, super interesting, but also disgusting. Fuck. And I'll be done with bed bugs. Yeah. What else we got? Um, let's move on to fish. Fish. So, there. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna start off strong with fish. There is a genus called uh, Phallostenthus. Okay. Um, and it has three species in it. And there's something you can tell from the name Fallow that there's something weird about there's these guys. About like first it. off, they have penises. Yeah, um, and as you said before, most fish don't. Yeah, they have, they have cloacas, which is just a hole where the rectum, the urethra, and whatever else terminate the vagina. Yeah, or, birds yeah. have this too. Yeah, lo- largely. Exactly. Most correctly. birds. Yeah, exactly. Most birds have cloacas, just like most fish. Yeah, but um, these fish got penises. They do, and it's really weird because, so, fallow obviously means phallus, so stenthus, or tenthus, actually is a Greek, or a Latin root word that means um, chest. So, what's really interesting about this species is that the females have a vagina just below their throat, underneath their head. And the males have a penis. I swear this in the is like same an place. Adam Sandler movie or something. Wait, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I swear this is an Adam Sandler idea, a vagina right on the neck. That seems like something he would put in one of his movies. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But yeah, so uh, the the fish just like go face to face and do it that way. And yeah, the male actually inserts his. Wait, does the male have a dick? Penis. Oh, it comes off his throat as well. Yep, yeah, he has a he has like a throat penis. Basically, it comes. It's mm. like right beneath his mouth. That's pretty intimate. Yeah, and like, yeah. Basically, they like French <laughs> and do it at the same time. But like, like I mean, I guess away. lots of people yeah. do that. Like humans do that. Humans so that's do not that. that special. But no, it's more intimate because the, the dick's like, coming directly off your neck exactly. into your neck vagina. That's more intimate, I would say. It, it seems like it. Because Except then, for like, when fish do it, I don't think they're probably that intimate about it. Yeah, it all seems like it's probably a pretty, like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. But who knows with ones that actually, like, use penises? Because most of the time it's just yeah. cloacas, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Get it. No, that's interesting. Um, so, I did say I don't have a lot of fish, but I do have one more interesting uh, fish, fish genitalia. Yeah. So the Gambusia quadruncus. So there's several species actually that have the the hooks. I just zeroed in on this one because it has 
a series of four hooks on the bottom of its penis. Okay. That basically, you know, lodge it. it in place. Um, partly so that, like, if there's a lot of competition, other males just can't mount. So it just stays there? It just kind of stays there doing its thing for a while. Um, but what's weird is the females in this species form their own genital plugs. Oh, so they do they do it preemptively in mating season, or do they do it after one male has already copulated? No, I think they do it preemptively. Oh, and okay. I think they can maybe form the enzymes to dissolve it because, like, I I didn't go into details, but the article I was reading said that it gives them more choice in the matter. Okay, so I imagine that like they have a way of bypassing their own genital plug because otherwise I don't yeah. see how it gives them choice. Unless it just means that it takes so long for the male to get through it that if she's not into it, it's not going to happen. Like, yeah. it's just so difficult to have sex that both partners have to cooperate. Huh, that's interesting. Oh, before you move on from fish, um, we talked about uh, anglerfish in... One of those episodes. That's right, we Let did. I think for a sec. Chimeras. We talked about oh, it in Chimeras. Shit. That's right, yeah, we talked about it in anglerfish, Chimeras. Uh, the male will bite onto the female, and then its mouth will dissolve, and then it just basically becomes a nutsack hanging off the female. Like, its mouth dissolves, it just, like, all its organs atrophy, and basically just starts pumping sperm, and, like, multiple males can be hanging off of anglerfish at any given time. Because they just, like, don't stop. And so they become chimeras. Yeah, the females. And, and the males, yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny to think about that some female anglerfish have more balls than any male anglerfish will ever have. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging off yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, really quick before I move on, what's also kind of interesting about these species is the females have these anal spots. Remind us, sorry, what species we're talking about. Oh, so we're talking about the the genus Gambusia, which is like some sort of freshwater um, uh, fish. I think it lives in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and the females, the different species of uh, this fish, the females have different shaped and colored anal spots. Um, because mating is like such an intimate act with them given yeah. that they have the plug and like the hooks and everything mm. um they really want to minimize interspecies mating that won't result in a successful you know offspring i see yeah. so all of them have anal spots that direct males only to the right species oh interesting it's like the males a, are only attracted to the anal spot of their yeah they're like species. little they're like little bees <laughs> that are only attracted to specific bees yep Buttholes is why I was going to <laughs> Buttholes. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so, was that fish? That is all I got for fish. All right, I'm going to move on to reptiles. Reptiles. Let's just start off with turtles. Uh, turtles. Turtles. I mean, just looking at their shell, you can, or their body shape in general, you can tell it'd be hard for them to mate. Yeah. And so they do have really long penises in general. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they're really well endowed turtles. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. Good for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some sea turtles have penises that uh, are up to four feet in length. Oh shit! Yeah. Where are we talking about the giant ones that are like the big sea turtles, like, so like green sea turtle? So like maybe and... as long as their body. 
It is about half as long as their body half because some te- body. sea turtles from tail to head can get nearly eight feet long. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. So it's about half their body length. Um, and good for, good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, though, think about what it takes to get that thing erect. Oh yeah, like Seriously. a penis half your body length. Seriously, that's a lot of blood. Their whole like arms, don't pass out. All their bro. arms got to shrivel up. Yeah, they just got to like, like go limp. <laughs> they just like lose feeling in all their flippers. <laughs> uh so and that's not the weirdest thing that it's really long the weirdest thing is that uh they their penises typically terminate in five separate heads each with its own urethra Ooh, like a hydra penis. like a hydra penis? yeah like a hydra penis exactly oh, shit. uh and they can I- ejaculate out of two of them simultaneously mm. i so and it it Dang. What I read was that it's impossible to fit all of the heads into a female turtle's vagina. And so basically it seems like it's just like in case they get to fuck two at the same time. Well, competition is really high. So when it's oh. when it's mating season, oh. like one female turtle will typically get swamped by several mates. They can smell her from a long way away mm. um when she's in estrus. And so she so just gets, got like they just got like four of those dicks are like Hands for wiping away other dicks. <laughs> Basically, they're just like a <laughs> bunch of dicks are trying to get in there and pushing each other out of the way. And the idea is to just get like a couple of heads in there real quickly because you're not going to have a lot of time or privacy. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so in, privacy. W- what's interesting too is that like only the two that are penetrating actually ejaculate. The other heads don't like waste sperm and semen yeah they're they're busy swatting away other other yeah heads. and i thought that was really interesting that actually interesting. That they're able to control um, which head actually ejaculates yeah yeah which meatuses are open <laughs> <laughs> oh oh here's a correction that no one ever that no one ever specifically called me out on um nick our patron said that uh he laughed when i said meatus but I didn't know why until later. It's because it's pronounced meatus. Oh, meatus. Oh shit. Okay. So the meatus. <laughs> good because the meatus is going to come up and be important later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got some good animal meatus stories. At least I'm pretty sure. C- continue to correct me if I'm wrong about that too. Jonathan says it's a meatus. Okay. He would yeah. Know. Yeah. He's dealt with a lot of meatuses. <laughs> or at least a lot. He's, he's nodding. He's vigorously. had. He's had to deal with his meatus a lot. <laughs> um so yeah that's all i got for turtles they're like super into competition so they got a bunch of dickheads nice yeah (laughs) uh dickhead surplus again with like the competition thing it seems to be like a really heavy theme in in um for reptiles like male on male competition for female for Mm. like a scarce female and so for for snakes and lizards both the vast majority have what are called hemiclitorises and hemipenises. Okay. Which is to say that, like... They're, like, supercharged? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) They are not. They're actually not supercharged at all. This one's got a hemi. They're actually more like hemispheres, where it's a half. Oh, okay. So when they're in utero, when they're little, little embryos, they're... um, their phallic organs, so the clitoris and the females and the the penis and the males, splits in half and actually develops two separate, um, identical but opposite facing 
organs. So the females have a vagina, and then on either side of it, um, they have a hemiclitoris that is actually very similar to just a small penis um, in in snakes and lizards. It's a similar shape, but just much smaller. The hemiclitoris. The hemiclitoris is, yeah. Mm. And then the males in both snakes and lizards have a hemipenis. And the reason for this is, because you would think this is kind of weird, because there's not two vaginas. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it like a grasping mechanism? Oh, man. So, like, the hemipenis attaches to the hemiclitoris, and then they use that to, like, target find? You are not completely wrong. In fact, you're... What you just talked about, I'm about to get to, but it's not why they have those. Okay, okay, sorry, I just wanted to guess. No, no, don't be sorry. Yeah, no, that was actually a really good guess, and uh, you really locked onto something there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah. Um, So, the, the reason that they have the two, so for the female... It's actually so that they can be stimulated from either side because most of the time the penis is go- the hemi penis is going to be entering from one side or the other, mm. right? Yeah, underneath they the only tail. have two, and there's exactly yeah. you ha- you're going to have to position yourself if you're the male. You're going to have to position yourself to one side of the female or the other, and then the that side will be the one from which you penetrate. So that's why there are the two clitorises so that it can be s- the clitoris can be stimulated from either side of the female, right? Um, and the angle at which it's at, there's going to be a lot of contact between the male's penis and the female's clitoris as it enters. So the reason the males have two penises is because there's so much competition for females that oftentimes, like with snakes, like garter snakes, which is a common household pet, um, they form what are called mating balls where the males, which are a lot smaller than the females, just like writhe all over them and form these big mating balls while they're all competing to try and fertilize her. And um, so it pays if you get close enough to the female to actually be able to mate with her and your organs are that close, it pays to be able to do it from either side and almost any angle. You don't want to be that close and have that opportunity slip away because, like, your equipment's just facing the wrong way right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can jump on either side of the tail. Yep, exactly. Yeah, if lizard or snake, you can just, like, either side. You can just, like, boop, Hmm. boop. Uh, And, yeah, so that's why they have uh, hemi fallacies. Interesting. Uh, I had no idea. Right, yeah, I actually didn't either. I had garter snakes growing up, and I had no idea that they were running around with two dicks. <laughs> so, getting to what you said about um, about them, like hooking, like being used to like target uh, target practice or targeting systems or or like to, to hold on to, to grasp. hold on. Yes. So, what's really interesting is that most lizards and most snakes have these little. Um, hooks or ridges on both the um, penises and on the clitorises. And oh, it's probably just like sandpaper that only allows it to move one way. In one way. So what happens, what's really interesting though, is that species have evolved each their own specific interlocking grooves and hooks. It's almost like each species has its own Velcro 
Oh, interesting. And, and one like the one male's Velcro doesn't work for the other Velcro. Will only yeah engage with the female's groove in the same species. Otherwise, the parts don't match and they don't hook up, which usually results in like a shorter mating time and less invested resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and but so, they do try. But uh, presumably, because yeah. otherwise, why would why would, why would such a thing have developed evolution points? Right. Exactly. Um, if it weren't a problem, nobody would have evolved a solution. Yeah. And so presumably there is a lot of interspecies sexual activity, um, which seems to be the case. When I was looking into this, lots of species do things to make sure that like they're not just getting banged by somebody who's not going to be able to can't give impregnate them fertile them. offspring. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or not banging somebody who they can't impregnate. Um. But yeah, so they. I thought that was really cool, like the species-specific kind of like scale-like hooks yeah. and grooves. Um, and then finally, what I got for uh, reptilians is I thought it was kind of interesting that crocodilians actually don't go from a flaccid state to an erect state. Their penis is always erect. Yeah. And they have these rubber band-like tendons that, when they're not involved in sexual activity, keep it withdrawn inside the body but so then when they when they become aroused, it actually just like torpedoes out. Wow. Just like forcefully shoots outward from their body. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess they cool. just got to. I didn't really get a good explanation on why they need to be hard all the time. So that seems like a weird thing to yeah. develop. Like you're just hard all the time. <laughs> most most males have gotten by by being soft. Yeah, most exactly. Of the time, so. Um, one thing I learned recently about, I think, crocodiles crocodiles or alligators, maybe both, the sex of their offspring is actually determined by the heat in which the eggs are. Like, so the higher the heat, the more likely they are to be, I think, male. And what they do is they build uh, nests for their eggs so that uh, the temperature will vary along the like as it goes up the temperature will be cooler and so like in any given nest there will be like difference between males and females but that's like being hurt by climate change because when it's getting warmer and warmer we're starting to see basically only males be born Dang, that's really interesting. So yeah, they build their nests at a gradient. Yeah, at a gradient. So that they have like a, different a layers, variety of different sexes. Layers, yeah. yeah, that's so interesting because I knew that some reptiles did that. That it was temperature that determined because some lizards do that as well. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea that um, there. I didn't. I don't know of any lizards that actually build nests to actually promote. That, a variety that of that. That's function. like a great evolutionary mechanism. Yeah. And it just sucks that it's being thwarted by climate change. Yep. And and that's change. like especially awful in some ways, I think, just because like crocodilians are basically unchanged since before the time of the dinosaurs. Yeah. And now they're fucking old. And to see and the reason they're unchanged is because they are perfect. (laughs) They are perfect. There's nothing that anybody is going to do to a crocodile that's gonna make it a better crocodile. They are perfect for what they do. Yeah. And so it just it sucks, honestly, that we're I mean, yeah. I don't need to explain that it sucks that we're doing this. But it does. Truth. 
What else we got? Um, yeah, on that note, I'm going to move on to birds. Birds. Poor bird, crocodiles. Bird. So um, most birds, like we said earlier, just have cloacas. Mm. And they perform what biologists call a cloacal kiss. Oh, really? That's what biologists call Yeah, it's call called it. a cloacal Aww. kiss. They sounds just like kiss their holes lo- together. That sounds cuter than I imagine it looks. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's basically <laughs> two buttholes yeah. being kissed together. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> When they do that, the male just like puts, pushes some sperm through his butthole into the female's butthole, and then the kiss is over. Usually, it's like really quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the male comes down, flutters his wings. The female flutters her wings, and then they just like flutter for a second, and then the male flies off, and yeah. it's over. He felt so good about that moment. <laughs> 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 he remembers it for so long. He remembers it. He cherishes it. Uh, so the exception would mainly be there are a couple of small exceptions uh, like species here and there, but the mm. main exceptions are uh, ratites and waterfowl. So ratites are most of your big flightless birds: ostriches, oh, okay. rias, emus, um, cassowaries, and then small little guys like kiwis. Kiwis oh, are really? the smallest ratites and the only nocturnal. No, ratites. I didn't know that they were related to emus at all. Yeah, I learned that as well. That's cool. Didn't know. And they burrow. They live in burrows. Really? Yep. They live underground. Maybe that's why people think ostriches put their head in the ground because they're related and kiwis look like little ostrich heads. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's my theory. Um, I'm not going to knock it. So, yeah. So these these birds do have penises, ratites and, and waterfowl. Yeah. Uh, waterfowl being like ducks and geese. Yeah, I knew about ducks. Yeah. A lot of people do know about ducks and their they're sometimes awful tendencies. But no, 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 let's talk about the... Yeah. So what is interesting about both these groups is that unlike pretty much all the other complex penis structures out there, they use lymph instead of blood Ooh. to inflate their penis. Interesting. So they don't have a penis bone like some mammals have. Mm. Uh, it helps keep their penis erect. They just have erectile tissue. I wish I could remember what that was called. It's called a baculum. Baculum, yeah. We talked about that in the human penis. Yep, we did, because we don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Scott Baculum! (laughs) Poor Scott. Anyway. I don't know that reference. Scott Bacula. Quantum Leap? Nope. Star Trek uh, Enterprise? Nope. That one episode of It's Always Sunny? Nope. Anywho, <laughs> we love you, Scott Bakula. Um, anywho, yeah, so they, they use lymph, actually, as their erectile fluid, and they have lymph nodes uh, specially made for their penises. Really? They just, like, pump lymph into the penis, and they, they get hard, like, at a moment's notice. Are they called lymphicals? <laughs> I don't think they are, but I think we should try and do something about that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think we need to try and change that. The biological community is missing out. <laughs> Absolutely. They need more comedy. Yeah. Um so, yeah, like like I said they get they go from soft to hard like immediately. Mm. Uh which is really useful for ducks, which I will get to in a little bit. Yeah. Um So Sticking with ratites for a minute, though, ostriches have some really weird penises. I saw those. Those also kind of, I felt a little bit weak after looking at them. Okay. They're not my favorite pictures. But, okay, here's what's really weird. So the females have a pseudo penis, 
that looks pretty similar to the male's pseudo penis. And I should clarify here that while ducks actually have real penises, ostriches and other ratites actually have pseudo penises. And they are meant to penetrate the female, but they don't have like they don't have a meatus. They don't have an ejaculatory duct. Yeah. And so instead, what happens is the the male approaches the female and uses his pseudo penis, which is fairly firm with its erectile tissue, and it pushes in the female's pseudo penis, kind Wait, of what? like a sleeve. So because they probably just had to evolve it at the same time. I guess because they it's must probably have. pretty recent. Yeah, like, yeah. It well, all ratites have it. So as soon as ratites okay. branched off from others. Because, like, all ratites have this same setup that I'm describing for ostriches. Like, all right, ratites. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. What's going on here, guys? What so the pseudo penis for the female just turns into, it's like a pseudo vagina also. Yep. Because it just gets, like, it compressed gets, in. It's almost like a prolapsed vagina, but intentional. And then you push it in and it becomes not prolapsed. That sounds tricky. It is tricky. And so what what the male does is he pushes in this pseudo penis until it's inside out and he has penetrated the female's right, vagina. Yeah. But how does he and push then, it in so it's inside out in the first place? Because his is his is firm and erect and hers isn't. Oh, okay, okay. Hers isn't, yeah. And unlike his, hers actually does have a hole at the end that he can penetrate. Mm. Um and then what happens is he ejaculates out of his cloaca which is at the base of his pseudo penis what yes so once he's penetrated her he ejaculates and there's this is it like a canal is it a canal on his penis yes his penis literally looks like a big tongue with like a fold in the middle that's what his penis is like somebody curling their tongue yep exactly that's what his penis looks like and basically he ejaculates into that groove and the groove conducts it into her vagina or oh. her cloaca. Interesting. Yep. Uh, and that's rat tights for you. You gotta do, you gotta do. You you do. And that's like <laughs> I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm not trying to judge all these things because they were weird and gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on to ducks water. and other waterfowl. So ducks have the longest penis length to body size of any vertebrate. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um... There is an Argentinian duck. They call it the lake duck. Some people call it the blue lake duck, I believe. It is um, it's the longest. It gets up to 17 inches long. Okay, how long is the Argentinian blue lake duck? Um, I think from head to tail, it is uh, about 10 inches long. Oh, shit. So it's, so it's nearly twice its length. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... It's pretty narrow, the penis. Mm. It's it is corkscrewed in I've a count, that, yeah. or in a clockwise direction, and it it kind of like corkscrews up inside the body. So it launches out almost like a harpoon with like the the shaft like trailing a, behind the head. Yep. Yeah. And it's like a Vsauce video where you're watching planets move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the penis orbits behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of them aren't quite that long relative to body size, but they are quite long. And the interesting thing about them is that the males actually, their penis falls off at the end of every mating season and is regenerated 
running into the next mating season. So like at the beginning of every new mating season, while like deer are growing antlers, um, ducks are growing penises. Yeah, I was trying to think of a pun for, to mix penis and antler together. I just kind of do it. Um, um, fant- yeah, I got nothing either. Fantler. Well, that's not a pun. Fal- You're just phallic. That's like a, what is that called? Philantler. A Philantler. Por- Philantler. Philantler. That's a portmanteau. All right. A good one. Yeah, it was. On average, it takes a duck about a half of a second to achieve full erection. Dang. And they ejaculate as soon as their penis has achieved full erection. That's a good reason to have a stopwatch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Scientists had noticed that females had very complex vaginas. Like, yeah. Some of the most complex vaginas that in the biologists, animal kingdom. yeah, exactly, in the animal kingdom, especially uh, like vertebrates, mm. and they, so they noticed that the female's vagina was corkscrewed in the opposite, like almost actually twisted in the opposite direction as the male's penis, so counterclockwise corkscrew. Yeah, and it's almost like a spiral. When I say corkscrew, it like spirals quite spirals dramatically. In. Yep. And not but in only, the opposite direction. In the opposite direction, counterclockwise. Huh. And the male's penis spirals clockwise. Is there, is there a theorized reason for that? Yes, it is because basically ducks are in a state of sexual warfare and the females have vaginas that allows them to basically have more choice over their mate. Mm. Or at least who produ- who, who, who uh, can actually- sires their offspring. And so, like, they have several dead ends in their vagina. They actually have several canals that lead off of the main vaginal canal that lead to dead ends, no ovaries, yeah. uh, no uterus. Yeah. And can they somehow, dis- like, like, quench a muscle, or, like, squeeze a muscle in order to direct it in order in that vaginal end? Yes, they can. They can. The- they so they can. They can basically tighten their main vaginal canal towards the end of it, and. The other thing that they have going for them is the way these these fake canals come off. These scientists, they wanted to study how the male's penis interacted with the female's vagina. And so what they did was basically make several glass um, vessels Ooh, okay. for the male to penetrate and There's ejaculate There's probably videos into. for this, right? There may be. I didn't see them. Okay. I didn't actually get to see these videos. Um First, they just made like a straight long tube, and that's where they were able to get like the times for average, average penis erection and ejaculation, which is about half a second. Now, entering a female's vagina when the female has not oh, relaxed, you didn't, you didn't say that they ejaculate at the right at the yeah yeah no I did I did okay so as soon as they get fully erect that. they ejaculate I didn't catch that um yeah no choice in the matter that's just what happens huh um. When they made a glass vessel that mechanically imitated a female duck's vagina, what they found is that not only did it take a quarter of a um, second longer for the male to achieve full erection, uh, giving the female more time to actually fight him off. Not much more time. Yeah. But... um, I mean, that's like a third. I mean, yeah, increase the time by 50%. Yeah, uh, half half more time. Yeah. And 
but not only that, um, the male's penis was only able to to penetrate the female's vagina about a half of the male's full length. And so basically the penis did wasn't able to get oh, that yeah. far into the vagina um, before it just ran out of length because it had to it had to that's why they're so goddamn long. That's why they're so long, and that's why they corkscrew backwards. What that does is basically going against the male's natural groove. The penis just like ends up wasting a bunch of its length, getting bunched up in these curves of the vagina. And so it never actually extends to its full length yeah. inside there. Huh. That's something I didn't know about that. And what's really interesting is that the females can relax their vagina when they when they want... When they actually when, want, yeah, to, actually, when like, they want to mate, offspring, like you say, yeah, when, when they, they really want, want to, mate. to mate, they relax their vaginas. When they're in the mood, they relax their vaginas, and the corkscrew um, configuration of their vagina actually starts to. It doesn't fully straighten out, but it dramatically straightens out and kind okay, of. Okay, so it makes the work less. Yep. Exactly, and the males males who penetrate a female who has relaxed uh, penetrate much deeper. Okay. And typically end up in the correct channel for impregnating her uh, her eggs. All right, that's cool. Yeah, so that's ducks for you. Yeah, I mean, they're ducks. they're really honestly there's a, an enormous amount of um, forced copulation, male and yeah. female forced copulation that happens in I'll ducks. I'll say it. You don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Ducks are very rapey. They are. They are very rapey. Oh yeah. no, I'll say it. I just don't want us to conflate human morals with with like okay yeah you shouldn't hate ducks because of this that just doesn't make any sense ducks are gonna do what ducks are gonna do yeah and i don't think it's on us to like make moral judgments about animal behavior mm. people shouldn't be deciding which are the good animals and which are the bad animals which animals can be eradicated okay, and I which animals that. should stick around because we judge that they're morally upright i understand your stance now like yeah, we're not gonna be like okay, fuck all the ducks for real. Exactly. Like you can't you can't decide the ducks like are less are deserving evil. of life or more evil or less natural or something because they do something you don't like that you find offensive that you find disgusting and I find it offensive and disgusting too. Yeah. But that's not how you should make judgments about the animal kingdom. Yeah. That's how you should judge people. Yeah. Uh, and not just based on disgust. Like you should have a moral underpinning for your disgust. Yeah. So that's ducks. That's birds. Let's move on to mammals, and I'll mammals. wrap this all up. Because I'm doing a long episode here. It's fine, though. It's good. Okay. Anyhow. So starting with mammals, I'm going to start with the most simple mammals, which are um, monotremes. Now, monotremes are platypus and echidnas. The ones that eggs, that have eggs. They have, yes, exactly. Yeah, they lay eggs, and they also have um Non-placental mammals, right? Yep. They are non-placental, like marsupials, too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they lay eggs, they don't have placentas, and for the most part, they have cloacas. So their urethra and their anus typically terminate in the same hole. In uh, mm. the females, the vagina is as well. It terminates in the same hole. For the males, they have a penis. Um, so let's talk about echidna penises. Yeah. Uh, let's. They're very similar to... How do they fuck? So... <laughs> I just so wanted it... to say that one more time. <laughs> They fuck a lot like turtles. Okay. So it, not so much because of competition. Uh, but they got the hydropenises? They do. They do. And I. so if you look at an echidna, it looks like an anteater mixed with a porcupine. That's exactly what it looks yeah. like. It has a long snout and like these big claws. 
and it shuffles along the ground and it has all these spines that come out of the back of it, just like a porcupine or a hedgehog. Yeah. And they're very spiky. So mating is a diff- difficult prospect. Mm, yeah, because they put so many defense points in. Yeah, exactly. I'm using zoo, z- tier zoo terminal. <laughs> I love tier zoo. Tier zoo. If you haven't watched tier zoo and you just like animals, watch tier zoo. Tier zoo. Yep. And video games. Exactly. It merges the two. It's good. Johnny likes it too. He approves. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, okay. So unlike turtles, they have four heads instead of five heads to their penis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not as good as turtles, but like still four times. You got three well, more than me. Yeah, exactly. Three more than me. You're four times better than <laughs> I am uh, at having penis heads. Yeah. And, and Jonathan too. Jonathan oh, yeah. only has one penis head as well. He's letting us know. Yeah. Thanks, John. So that's confirmed. We all three have <laughs> way less penis heads than echidnas or turtles. So echidnas, interestingly, same thing. They can only get two heads in there at once. There's no way you're getting four uh, echidna penis they heads can, they into can a like, female echidna vagina. They can also choose which heads And go. only the two that are penetrating ejaculate. Do they also have the same competition? There is some competition, and I didn't understand some what what I read. I like, so there is modest competition, but that doesn't seem to be the main thing. It seems to be just like they have long penises and they're meant to reach under the female and get past her spikes, and then they have. Oh well, maybe it's just like after you've got there, you got to make sure you get. You got to make sure you get at least one in there. Like yeah. I think it's just not you can't see it. You know, it's just it's hard to yeah. you know find and. Uh, and then one thing I didn't understand is that there was something about like their sperm velocity was faster with two heads than four, but I didn't get any of that because it had like previously said that they only used two at a time. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck that was about. Maybe they just stimulated all four. Maybe. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they convinced them that all four were inside yeah. of a echidna. Is giving echidna hand jobs. Yeah, just like that, uh, Science. Maybe, they, That's maybe science. they got the dolphin lady. <laughs> I don't want to say her name. But if you want to hear her name, listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole episode about giving animals head jobs. Hand jobs. <laughs> head jobs. Head jobs. That's what a blowjob should be called is a head job. Oh, man. Ugh. All right, so like that's that. echidnas. That's echidnas. Let's move on to marsupials. All right. They're also non-placental. Okay. okay. They're weird as shit. So the females have a single vaginal opening, but then they have two vaginas and they kind of fork off in each direction. And then Okay, as we like side now, to side. Now I understand what you mean. And then they have a birth canal, which is way too small for a penis, in between that goes straight up from the vaginal opening to their uterus. Yeah. And that's where like the little Joey climbs down. Cause like when, when, when Joey's are born from marsupials up into the pouch. Yeah. The they actually, canal. they literally have to crawl out of the vagina. Like the vagina can't push them out because they're too small. Like they have to crawl through this huge cave, which is oh, the man. vagina. And that's then when they epic, get out of the cave, that's an epic start to a life. That is like literally like <laughs> talk about the allegory of the cave. They start off with that shit. <laughs> They have to crawl, they see the light, and they're like, I need to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That, but the, they begin their life with that. Yeah, but the allegory of the cave isn't really about that. It's about, like, what's real. 
Oh yeah, it doesn't apply like, yeah. at all. I just thought I'd throw it in there. <laughs> it's not it's not actually applicable. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, I understand I understand the allegory of the cave. Okay, okay. Um which would be a great short topic sometime. Yeah. Because a yeah. lot of people I don't think do. Oh, we never talked about it. We're probably gonna do a short topic series, kinda like distinctions sometime. Yeah, except instead of distinctions, we can bring any short topic up. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh so like I said, the Joey's climb out of the little, the little that central birth canal. And then you, you're asking yourself, they have two vaginas. Well, then of course the males have a forked penis and they're, they oh, ejaculate shit. out of both penises at and the they same go up time. Both at the same time. And they go up both. They're directed right up mm. both vaginas. Dang. So they, they bang with two penises and two vaginas. Like that's just kind of cool. I feel that's like, both, cool. like yeah. for both parties, it's just like double simulation props like i yeah. feel the pleasure of two vaginas yeah i feel the pleasure of two penises exactly and they're like this is cool god yeah now and also i'm not even worried about this because the baby that's all of the baby's work like getting out of there getting into the pouch i'm not even worried about a thing if it falls out of me onto the ground i won't even notice god if they were more intelligent they would be fucking all the time exactly they definitely would be because there's like zero <laughs> consequences yeah you just let you just like oh you're trying to get in my pouch. I don't want a baby right now. I, it's not economically viable for me. Flick it onto the ground. <laughs> they just scoop it out. <laughs> oh my god. That's that like, easy. That's that easy. Oh man. It Ooh, doesn't even have bad. a soul yet. <laughs> oh. Planned Parenthood doesn't even need funding when you have that ability. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, moving on from marsupials, um, I'm going to talk about this. This was my favorite one, honestly. I think this is some of the most interesting. Yeah. So, getting into placental mammals, I want to talk about hyenas. Mm. So, I think probably a lot of people know that female hyenas have a pseudo-penis. Um, they're clitoris. Also, they have a matriarchy, correct? They do have. They have a a, a matriarchy. Yeah. Um, in fact, the the males are like super submissive. The the females bully the males throughout their lives, like on a regular basis, on a daily basis. The males just kind of get beat up a little bit and roughed up, Fucked not with. injured, never injured. And so it's not like they're actually trying to hurt them intentionally it's basically what the females are doing is making sure that under no circumstances are the males ever going to rebel like the males oh, are yeah. basically it's Captain made sure Lane. of from when they're little pups that they're going to be subservient and totally submissive to every female in the pack it doesn't matter what their rank is amongst the other males the lowest ranking female will totally Always. dominate the highest ranking male it's pretty champ it is and um and also Okay, here's where it gets really interesting. So the females have a really large clitoris, larger than the male's penis. Okay. Not only that, this clitoris contains the urethra and the vagina. So it is very much like a penis. Interesting. In in more than one way. Like it actually, they use it just like you would use a penis uh, for urinating or... Yeah. And so naturally... This and makes, it extends out all the time, or like, it's, yeah, it's not erect all the time, but yeah, it, it dangles. And it there. does become erect. 
it does yes just like yeah just like yeah. a clitoris normally would it, it becomes like erect when the the female's yeah. aroused not quite the same way as a penis would because the erectile tissue isn't as stiff yeah um but it does yeah it becomes engorged and larger and more more rigid mm. um which is important too because the male has to penetrate it okay so how does that happen well not without the female's help, not without her total cooperation and consent, which is why there is zero male-on-female forced copulation in hyenas. Oh, huh. In all species, there's no incidents ever recorded, which is just, like, super unusual. <laughs> um, because it's just usually the norm in the animal kingdom that there is at least some forced copulation in most species. Yeah. Um, and so because it's so difficult for them to have sex, it requires both parties to fully cooperate. Um, now the, here's an interesting thing. The males as an involuntary reaction become erect when they are being bullied, when they are feeling submissive towards the females, they actually just involuntarily wow. become erect. So the females actually can force a male to copulate even if the male was not just by fucking with willing. them. Yeah. Like, basically by just like forcing the male to submit, the males become erect. And then the female with a small amount of cooperation on the male's part can become inseminated. Dang. <laughs> and so there's some question there as to whether that's forced copulation or not. The male does have to cooperate to a degree, but he is also being coerced. Yeah. And so there's a question as to whether, but I mean, I think that counts as forced copulation. Gets him off. But yeah, the coercion actually does on a like biological level work for the male, so to speak. Like huh. it is actually sexually arousing that I'm not speaking to what the male is experiencing psychologically. Uh, but it is on a biological level, at least physiologically, it is sexually arousing for the male to be um, bullied and forced to submit. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the drawbacks. So there are some drawbacks for the females to having um, these pseudo penises. Okay, I didn't think about that, but that does that does make sense. Yeah. Imagine trying to give birth through a penis. Ooh, no, that's not something I was thinking about. Yep, and that's exactly <laughs> what they do. Oh, wow. So, this is where the cost comes in. And they have in. litters, too. Um, or do they? They don't actually, lit usually. They I found out that like... they don't. They usually have a single offspring. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, get, thank God. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness. Otherwise, it would probably be much more dangerous to the female's health. Mm. Because the first birth they ever, um, ever experience... Is always stillborn. Literally what? always. Whoa. Their first baby is always dead upon birth. Wow. Um, and the Mietis tears open. For her pseudopenis. Yeah, the Mietis of the pseudopenis, which is actually what it's called by biologists. It's yeah. so much like a penis that the pseudopenis' opening is actually given the same name as a penis' opening, the Mietis. Huh. And the meatus actually tears open during the birthing process, which thankfully makes the trip a lot easier the next time around and makes them capable of birthing live offspring after that. It's still very dangerous 
in general for females to like compared to other mammals aside from humans humans also have a lot of birthing problems that most mammals don't have yeah because of our upright posture enormous heads and narrow hips mm. that's why we're born premature Lord. yeah super premature right um and yeah hyenas have their own problems because they have to give birth out of a fucking penis yeah Ugh. It tears their penis open Oh god, that, I feel there for was the a so much. there was a Saturday Night Live sketch about that, like the this last year. Yep, yeah, that came out <laughs> in twenty eighteen. Yeah, the yeah. tuliping. Oh. oh my god. Uh, and so yeah, there's benefits and downsides to having your vagina be inside of a penis, but that's just so cool that somebody yeah. tried it. it. Was a boss bitch. Straight up. Um, I just got a couple of small ones here to finish off mammals. I found yeah, out let's dolphins. Finish those mammals off. um so i found out that dolphins actually talk for fun they do yes and part of the reason so and they have enormous sexual appetite compared to other mammals Mm -hmm. like they're just really horny uh, dolphins and yeah if you've been a regular of this show you know that already yeah well also what i learned is males use their penises as a sense touch sensory organ oh really so literally they will use it to explore (laughs) the fine touch details of things that they find they'll literally just like rub their dick and the tip of their dick all over stuff because it's it's like having lips yeah it's prehensile so they just like rub it on the stuff to feel the finer details oh my god yeah it's like how lips are more sensitive than like fingers yeah so if you like really want to like feel something or it's texture you can put on your lips, but they just like have that for their dick and they're just like not ashamed at all. Not at all. They just like, they're like, dude, feel this with your dick. I felt this thing has weird ridges on it. I think it's a clam. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I just want to finish it off with yeah, the largest penis of all time. Oh. Can you guess what it belongs to? Uh, blue whale. Yep. We talked about that in Largest Organisms. Jonathan says him. <laughs> but I'm, I'll let him listen to what the blue whale's packing, and then he can decide. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the largest penis of all time belongs to the largest animal of all time, the blue whale, naturally. Now, it's really hard to observe the mating. Apparently, they're really reclusive about it. But we have been able to observe males erect. Okay. So their penises can be up to... Wait, ten- let me... Oh, I was going to say eight. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Ten feet? Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, no, no, no. That's right, because we talked. We compared it to Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, we did. <laughs> so we actually already talked about this part, but yeah. I do have one piece of new information about uh, a whale's penis. While Andre may be able to compete with the length... No, he was, he was like eight, seven or something. Okay, but yeah, he's still in there because like they get up yeah. to ten feet. Okay, so I'm okay. sure there's plenty of whales that are packing Sorry. like seven, five, eight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the ones with less heat. <laughs> uh it's funny to think about. Like an uh, like a on the low side of of, of a blue whale. whale penises, you got like seven five <laughs> and you're talking about feet. Yeah, exactly. So, like an NBA player, a tall one, a fucking enormous NBA player. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the penis has the has Andre hands down just totally defeated when it comes to weight. Try to guess what a whale penis, or a blue whale penis weighs. Oh well, you just gave me a clue. 
Um, six fifty. 650 pounds. They frequently weigh up to 1,000 pounds. Just, oh, shit. Holy shit, so they're chubs, too. They are big. They're, you're talking about tuna cans, for sure. God damn. They're fucking, they're not chubs, but they're definitely chubs. Yeah, exactly. They still got a ton of length there. Yeah. So it's, it's but they are certainly girthy. Yeah, I mean, dang. Jeez, that's like half that's as a much lot as of a blood. car. Yeah. That's like half as much as the Volkswagen Beetle. It's like me standing. It's like me like making myself as big as possible and holding my arms up as far as possible. Yeah. And then weighing <laughs> a thousand pounds. And weighing a thousand. No, my God. No, it's nothing like that. It's a thousand <laughs> pounds. Damn. <laughs> That's insane. Thing's huge. Yeah. And it's prehensile. Oh, really? Yeah. Oftentimes the females will attempt to, they'll surface and turn upside down so that their vagina is up out of the water facing yeah. the sky. And then the male will just uh, line up next to her with his body up and his, his penile slit, his penis sheath, which is what those are called. Like yeah. when, you're, when your penis retracts inside your body, that's called the sheath. Yeah. Uh, his penis will come out and just do like a, you know, St. Louis arch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of arches in. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Males are bastards. <laughs> throughout um, the animal but, kingdom. Yeah, throughout the animal kingdom. Not, I'm not, not going to apologize. I mean, I'd like, rather, sorry, not that I'm not going to apologize for that, but like, I can't, there's nothing, there's no apology for it. That's, it just, just how, is that way. Yep. They are. It doesn't, but it doesn't exclude most, here's, most men. Here's either. another reason I didn't want to conflate things like rape with things like forced copulation in the animal kingdom because I didn't want to offer any apologetics or any excuse for human behavior. Um, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, okay, there's, I can dig that. You, You're not a Nothing good. about Darwinism or evolution or the, the you know... Um, natural selection. Natural selection ever has anything to do with human moral behavior. Yeah. Um, if you use natural selection or survival of the fittest or any form of Darwinism to legitimize your moral behavior that's how social darwinism worldview. came about which legitimized genocide exactly basically it's super heinous yeah. it has they, the two have nothing to do with each other and that's why i wanted to differentiate them as well yeah, i'm not trying to it. downplay what female animals go through what i'm trying to do is say that just because something is natural in the animal world doesn't mean that it is not heinous in the human world yeah okay. um just because it might be commonplace out there in nature doesn't mean we shouldn't do everything in our power to eradicate it from society. Dag. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That was a long-ass episode. You got anything else about animal genitalia? Mm, nope. All right. One last thing. I do want to apologize. There was a lot of stuff about penises and not that much about vaginas. Oh, we, yeah. got, we got the ducks and we got the hyenas, so we talked about vaginas a little bit. But the fact is, the reason that is is because penises are just way easier to study than vaginas. Um, vaginas are a lot of times complex internal organs, and a lot of the components of them aren't easily visible, even in a dead and dis dissected sense. organism, because you can't observe the operation of the vagina just by dissecting something. 
And that so they, they're really difficult to get any concrete information about without tons of research. And I'm sure there probably is some sort and of historically and sexist... interest in funding. And an interest in funding. And I think that's where the sexist aspect of it does come in. And I'm sure, especially historically, that there is some... Uh, there's been a bias towards research of male sexual sexuality in animals. Um, I don't have any proof to back that up. I just highly suspect it because yeah, that, because like that's in uh, of all the examples all of, the of all the examples you gave, we only talked about two. Two. We really only mo- talked about yeah, two vaginas. Mainly. I mean, we talked about females we, we did, for yeah. bed bugs with the spermilages. Yeah, but for the most part, we talked about a lot of male genitalia, not that much female. And that's okay. mostly due to... Yeah, you told me you were going to do this episode, and I said, no, it's going to be called Animal Genitalia. Yep. Because um, I think you wanted to call it Animal Penises. But I was like, no, I know that there's some, because I knew about duck vaginas. Yeah, exactly. And they're super interesting. And I yeah. had planned on talking about them anyway and hadn't really thought about the fact that I had called it penises and then was going to talk about some vaginas as well. But yeah, the fact is, is it's it's harder research to perform. Yeah. Um, but that disparity is unfortunate and I wish we could talk more about some vaginas and hopefully I'll bring up some Mm. vagina shorts later on. Okay. Yeah, I can dig it. So I think if that's all we've got, that's it for me. All right. And that's it for this episode. Dexplanations is recorded at rabbit pen studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. We got the art and logo by Monet Moran. We don't have any new patrons supporting the show this week, but I want to thank all of the past patrons uh, and our current patron supporters. Both of you mean so much. Your support means everything to me and to us uh, and the show itself. So uh, thank you so much. If you're supporting this monetarily, it means so much to us. It really helps us. If you too want to support the show like our beloved and cherished listeners uh our patrons you can go to patreon.com slash dexplanations or leave a review on itunes those are always super welcome they help us likely we got a bunch of things wrong if you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit with me hit me up at dexplanations podcast at gmail.com tweet me at Dexplanations or comment on the Instagram. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, you have a measurably net positive impact on the people in your life. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>